Hey guys, welcome back to Crime Time. Today, we are going to be covering the case of Jacob Wetterling. Jacob's case is one that gained a lot of popularity at the time and still continues to be one of the most well-known cases. So, let's jump right into this episode. Jacob Wetterling was an 11-year-old boy who went missing on October 22, 1989. Jacob was born to Patty and Jerry Wetterling on February 17, 1978, in the small town of St. Joseph, Minnesota. According to Patty and Jerry, he was a passionate little boy who loved animals and wanted to be a veterinarian when he grew up. Jacob also had three siblings. He had two sisters named Carmen and Amy, and a brother named Trevor. So, let me tell you about what happened to Jacob. The morning the crime took place, Jacob got up early and went fishing with his dad, Jerry. When they arrived back home, the Wetterling family had a very normal day full of watching football and playing outside. However, this would all change after Patty and Jerry left the home to attend a party about 20 to 25 minutes away from the Wetterling residence. Patty and Jerry left at 5.30 that evening on October 22nd of 1989. Little did they know, this was the last time they would see their son Jacob alive. Since Patty and Jerry wouldn't be home for a while, and Jacob's older sister Amy wouldn't be at the house that night, Jacob's parents told him that he could invite a friend over. Jacob invited his best friend, Aaron, over to his house. When Aaron arrived, Jacob and his brother Trevor greeted him at the door. The boys hung out for a while at the house, but as it got later and darker outside, the three boys decided they really wanted to rent a movie from the movie store down the street. However, the Wetterling's home was located on a dead-end road in a rural area, so no streetlights, with a large cornfield and woods directly across from their home. Before the boys left for the rental store, Trevor called Patty and Jerry, who were still at the dinner party, and got a hold of his mom. Trevor asked Patty if the boys could go to the movie store, but being the cautious mom that she was, she said no because it was dark outside. After Patty said no, Trevor asked to speak with his dad, Jerry. When Trevor asked Jerry if he, Jacob, and Aaron could ride their bikes to the movie store, Jerry told him that that was fine with him. However, Jerry told his son that he and the other kids must take big flashlights and wear reflective vests as they rode their bikes to the movie store. Little did Jerry know, this would be a huge mistake. The boys got their things together to go to the movie store and hopped on their bike. 
They ended up making it to the Chom Thumb movie store safely and rented the movie Naked Gun. The trio left shortly after 9pm and headed back to the Wetterling home. On the way back, these three young, excited boys ran into someone who would change their lives forever. Aaron, Jacob's best friend, recalls seeing a silver flash and a man in all black clothing stopping the boys in a ditch. This man told the boys that he had a gun and that they needed to turn off their flashlight. This man then had the three boys lay down in the ditch. He analyzed them and then suddenly told Trevor to run into the woods as fast as he could and that if he looked back, he would shoot him. With just Aaron and Jacob left, the man then told Aaron to run into the woods as well and that if Aaron looked back, he would shoot him too. Both Trevor and Aaron ran as fast as they could, but when they ran far enough, they both decided to look back to see what had happened to Jacob. When they turned around, they saw absolutely nothing. Jacob and the strange man were both gone. Both of the boys immediately ran back to the Wetterling home where a neighbor, 14-year-old Rochelle, babysat Carmen, Jacob and Trevor's younger sister. According to Rochelle, the boys, Trevor and Aaron, came in screaming and telling her that Jacob had been taken. In shock and very confused, Rochelle immediately called her father Merrill. Merrill came over to the Wetterling home and called Patty and Jerry. When he called the Wetterling parents, who were still at a friend's dinner party 20 to 25 minutes away, he asked to speak with Jerry. He told Jerry that Jacob had not made it home with the other two boys and that the boys claimed Jacob had been abducted. He told Jerry that they needed to come home right away. After that phone call, Merrill calmly called the police and told them what the situation was. Merrill then informed the operator that he had Trevor, Jacob's younger brother, calmed down enough so he could tell the operator what had happened. Frantically, the Wetterlings left the dinner party and headed back home. I cannot imagine what kind of car ride that was, but according to Patty, that car ride home was a long and confusing one. When Patty and Jerry arrived at home, the police had already arrived on scene. The police began searching the dead-end street in hopes that they might find Jacob. While police were already beginning to search for Jacob, the other two boys were being interviewed by other officers. Initially, the police did not believe Trevor and Aaron and their story about a man taking Jacob. The police on the scene even asked the young boys, are you sure you guys weren't just playing with a gun and Jacob got hurt on accident? The boys stuck with their story that night, and sure enough, that was the real story. This case was one of the biggest well-known cases in Minnesota at the time. The community around Patty and Jerry was very strong and supported the Wetterling family wholeheartedly. The community did their very best to help in whatever ways they could. Jacob going missing scared a lot of people and parents in that community, so helping the Wetterlings find their child 
was the community's way of coping with this fear. For 27 years, the Wetterling family would not know what happened to their sweet 11-year-old son, Jacob. Was he still alive somewhere? Had he been murdered? Throughout these 27 long years, the Wetterlings received thousands upon thousands of phone calls from people claiming that they thought they knew what had happened to Jacob. There was even a call where a woman claimed she had found Jacob, and when Patty and Jerry asked to speak to him, they heard a small voice on the other end claiming to be Jacob. It is these kinds of false hopes and heartless people that usually tear a marriage apart in this situation. But Patty and Jerry, even through the rough times, continue to stay together. The Wetterlings never lost hope throughout those 27 years. Then, finally, in October of 2015, a man was named a person of interest in connection to Jacob's case. 52-year-old Danny Heinrich from Annandale, Minnesota was arrested and charged for possession of child pornography. What's interesting about Danny Heinrich is that he was actually questioned by the police in reference to Jacob's case back in 1989, but they never charged him with anything. But now, 27 years later, the police were finally able to connect him to Jacob's murder and which Danny would later confess to in court. As shocking as this was to the whole country, it was especially shocking to the people of Minnesota. The thought that this man had been right under their noses for 27 years was very terrifying. Danny's confession tied him to the sexual assault and murder of Jacob Wetterling but there are some who believe that Jacob was not the only skeleton in Danny's closet. Shortly before Jacob was abducted in 1989, there were multiple attacks on young boys in the neighboring towns of St. Joseph, Minnesota. One of the victims of these attacks has spoken out about his experience. This young boy was named Jared. In January of 1989, Jared was walking home from a cafe at about 9 or 9.30 at night. On his trek home, a blue car pulled over and asked Jared for directions. As Jared unsuspectingly gave the man directions, the man got out of the car and grabbed Jared and told him that he had a gun and he was not afraid to use it. The man then told Jared to lie down in the back seat and put a stocking cap over his face. Then they drove for 10 to 15 minutes. Finally, this man stopped on a gravel road. This is a place that this young, innocent boy Jared was sexually assaulted. After the assault took place, this man dropped Jared off a couple of miles from his home in Cold Spring. The man then told Jared to run and to not look back or else he would shoot him. Sounds familiar, right? Unfortunately, Jared was not the only one who was a victim of this man. There were multiple other boys that became victims as well. However, the police never tied all of these cases together. But as you all probably know by now, we now know that this man who assaulted Jared was in fact Danny Heinrich. Heinrich confessed to Jared's kidnapping and assault 
on the day he confessed to Jacob's kidnapping, assault, and murder. That day in court, when Heinrich confessed, the Wetterlings finally got some closure on what happened to their son. Heinrich told the court that he kidnapped Jacob and drove him to a rural area of Painesville, Minnesota, which is around 30 minutes away from St. Joseph where Jacob lived. It was in this rural location that Heinrich sexually assaulted Jacob. A few minutes later, Danny Heinrich claimed that he heard sirens and that he panicked. A few seconds later, he shot Jacob in the back of the head and killed him. He then buried Jacob a hundred yards away and camouflaged the burial site. Then he confessed that when he drove by the burial location a year later, he saw Jacob's red jacket sticking up. He then removed the remains and took them to a farm nearby. After Heinrich confessed, he led the police to the remains of Jacob Wetterling. It was at this point that the Wetterlings were finally able to lay their beloved son to rest. After 27 years, they finally knew what had happened to their son, brother, and friend. Danny Heinrich is only serving 20 years in prison for one count of child pornography as part of his plea deal and confession. Although this does not feel like justice, Danny will fortunately continue to pay for his heinous acts for the rest of his life. This episode was yet another really sad case about a murdered child, but at least this one had some more closure than my previous episodes. If you all want to hear more about this case in depth, I would highly recommend you listen to the podcast In the Dark. This podcast gives you the opportunity to hear from Jared, Patty and Jerry, others close to Jacob, and the police at the time this event occurred. Overall, it's an amazing podcast and I would highly recommend it. Alright guys, that's all I have for you today. I'll see you guys next time.